1: and I work at Boston Children's Hospital where I am the Director of Nursing for the Medical Surgical Intensive Care Unit. I'm here today to speak with Dr. Martha Curley about parent presence during invasive procedures in the ICU. Dr. Martha Curley is on faculty at the University of Pennsylvania and a nurse researcher here at
2: Boston Children's Hospital. Thanks Amy. Uh, So our work here really didn't start with parent presence during invasive procedures and resuscitation. Um, Having families be present within the pediatric intensive care unit has been a phenomena that's been evolving over time. Uh, In the early days of pediatric intensive care we feel very comfortable not having families be present at all. So over time, and with our acknowledgement that parents really can be helpful uh, to their children when they're critically ill, families were welcomed within the intensive care unit. Um, Welcoming meant at that time that they would come in and that they would stand at their kids' bedsides and really not really do too much other than stand there and try to interact a little bit Uh, with their kids while they were critically ill. How parents learned to be present, they kind of observed other people in the room, other parents, and their role gradually changed from this very passive uh, person who was present to really being acknowledged for what they were parents to critically ill children and a lot of work in nursing research uh, supported the phenomena that parents really did transition from parent of a well child to parent of a sick child and the purpose of what we all do as members of the clinical team is help parents find a role that they feel comfortable with and incrementally help them over time so the phenomena or the evolution of families being present within intensive care units has evolved over time to a point that they were there for mostly everything anyway, but they were there with little preparation and with clinicians varying their practice and helping parents do to be present and to a variable extent. And so what would happen on the day shift was different on the night shift. What would happen when one attending group was on would be very different when another attending uh, group was on. And it got to be very disorienting uh, for families. So um, here within uh, Children's Hospital Boston, uh, we have a strong nursing science uh, program where we uh, take Uh, all staff nurses who are interested in asking and answering clinical questions that are important to their practice, Uh, we put them through Nursing Research 101 and we help them ask and answer questions. Well, during one of these courses that we were running, um, every single nurse from different intensive care units who were there voiced that we needed to do something different. Uh, with families. Uh, And nurses in the cardiac ICU, in the medical surgical ICU, really were concerned and also the NICU were concerned that parents were coming and uh, they were ill prepared and they were witnessing things that they were concerned about. And they wanted individually to design studies to help parents be present during invasive procedures and resuscitation. So during one of these courses, as these three individuals were working separately, as the neuroscientists, we bundled their efforts into one larger study, and we saw the opportunity to change a system which had been incrementally allowing parents to be there, uh, but really helping them to be present and to decrease variation around that. Great, thank you.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about your pre-survey work before the intervention?
2: Well, you know, it was interesting because there's, um, previous to our research, there were a lot of survey research in a lot of little pockets of places and disciplines. And we really wanted to get to what the core attitudes of the environment was across multiple disciplines, across the multiple intensive care units that we have here. And we knew that, you know, what people say they do and what they actually do are very different. And so we knew lots of what we had to change were perceptions around parent presence and also the practice of parents' presence. And so we decided that we would design a study that essentially was a pre-test, post-test study that was conducted over four years. And we specifically surveyed um, all clinicians who touched uh, parents and children uh, in the intensive care unit on their attitudes. And we also asked them during the pre-survey what kind of support they needed to make this transition happen. And so it was really, we looked for physicians and surgeons and nurses and therapists and social workers and clergy, We really wanted their opinion on what they perceived were important pieces that needed to go into the intervention. And then we actually surveyed practice um, in a pre-survey. We had uh, one nurse who was essentially on workload disability. We had that one nurse trained to really scour the intensive care units looking for a wide range of procedures that were being done uh, on the patients and uh, survey not only the people who are doing the procedures but also the parents because we wanted to understand multiple disciplinary perspectives but also what the parents themselves were saying what was helpful what was not helpful whether or not it was traumatic for them whether or not they would do it again if they were given an opportunity so we kinda did that pre-survey to really give us a floor of practice. And what was unique about our paper was that we had over 70% of people touching patients in our intensive care units from multiple disciplines participating. Uh, Prior to that, there was, you know, wide variation in the, you know, how many people participated, or it might be just one discipline's opinion. Mm -hmm. But we really saw this as an opportunity to change practice of multiple disciplines because that's the parents' experience. The parents' experience care from multiple disciplines. And so we needed to move the whole practice forward, not just within nursing, not just within physician practice or in therapy practice. Uh, So we felt it important to get their perceptions and also exactly what was happening in, in practice. Thank you. Dr. Curley, can you please speak to the practice guidelines that were developed? Oh, that was the fun part. Uh, The fun part was uh, from a disciplinary lens, nurses function well with practice guidelines. And we like to have at least a guideline to decrease some of the variation in our practice. But to get the multiple disciplines in a room uh, and talk about what the practice should look like was really kind of interesting. We had Uh, For example, we had our chief nurse um, exec, uh, Patty Hickey, participating. Uh, We had uh, directors of the intensive care unit like Peter Lawson participating. We had one of our surgical general surgeons involved, uh, Jay Wilson, participating. And we had respiratory therapists participating. And then we had clergy and we had our psych psych and social work staff. And obviously we had all levels of nursing from less experienced nurses to our more expert nurses participating. And really what we did is we put everybody in a room and it took months to really get agreement on what we were going to, how we were going to set up the environment to really help parents be present for their kids, Um, how we would go through a consensus process before uh, the procedure, if we could do that, how we would reach consensus and how we would help parents be there what kind of information we would give parents and really give them an opportunity to say you can stay um, if you choose to stay and if you choose to stay I'm going to help you stay and these are some of the things that I can do to help you stay and if you choose to leave that's your decision as well and we will keep you in the communication loop around that so we had to set up the guidelines so that We would spell out, you know, the roles and responsibilities, the decision-making model from a multidisciplinary perspective. And I think it's one, probably, one of our few multidisciplinary practice guidelines that really took a lot of effort on everyone's part to do and everyone's willingness to trust their colleagues judgment if they hadn't had that experience but um, it took a lot of time uh, and a lot of effort on multiple disciplines to come together and we created two practice guidelines Uh, one practice guideline that was specific for parent presence during invasive procedures and then one guideline specific on parents presence during resuscitation and the reason why we split the guideline was because we really left it up to the clinical clinical team to decide whether or not they wanted to have a parent facilitator be present during the invasive procedure, whereas during resuscitation we really wanted to uh, to make sure that we had a family facilitator be present for that, and that's really the only difference between the two guidelines. And currently here, uh, we help parents to be present for all sorts of procedures except for major surgical procedures that require big operative feels at the bedside. Those procedures, uh, we help parents be present to the point that the child is inducted into an anesthetic level, and then we help parents to separate from their children. Martha, you talk about supporting the parent at the
1: bedside, and this is the new facilitator role that was developed. Can you talk about the training for this
2: role and what the responsibilities are? Yeah, prior to creating the formal role, you know what happened would be though things would start happening at the bedside and whoever would be available would be grabbed (laughs) into the situation to be with the families and sometimes you know, we would not have anybody specifically there available uh, to take care of the family because um, obviously everybody all hands on deck uh, to take care of the patient situation. And so some of the obviously more evasive procedures or resuscitation, we really needed um, to have somebody there that would essentially take care of the parents and to help them uh, be present for their children in any way that they want to be present. so what we did was we created uh, the role of the parent facilitator. And originally when we envisioned the role, uh, all of our level two and three nursing staff who are considered our more proficient and expert nurses within the system uh, were trained during leadership uh, conferences uh, on the dimensions of being present. How to introduce yourself to a parent, how to take clues from the parent how to best support the parent, when to touch, when not to touch, uh, to be able to better assess where parents are during the procedure. So um, we identify that there needed to be a formal role and what the role components would be. So right from the beginning we elicited uh, the help of Elaine Myers, who's director of the Perks program, which is a program to enhance relational and communication skills uh, for our staff here. And um, that program was crucial I think in creating a safe environment for clinicians to come in and through the use of actors and actresses learn how to interact with a family under distress who were obviously stressed to the max observing some very uh, complicated procedures being done to their children. And through this PERCS program, Elaine, which currently still runs today, um, along with Beth um, Trainer and along with Chris Rowe, who run the program, uh, which is open to all the clinicians here, extend, extended it out from the staff nurse uh, twos and threes to members of clergy, psych and social work staff, in addition to any physician staff who would like more experience in a safe way in learning how to interact with families under stress. And so the uh, parent facilitator role, although it wasn't new, uh, you know, because the emergency room, um, programs have been doing for a year was new to the PICU, to really have a formal role, some formal education around that role, help people learn to do the role in this very safe learning environment that's run by, you know, Dr. Meyer uh, and Dr. Meyer's team, to really give people the skills that they needed. Uh, So, uh, within this simulated environment, um, staff could pick up what they needed, but As I said, we really wanted that facilitator role for uh, parents who were present for their kids' resuscitation. And um, that was the intervention. So our pre-post evaluation was really staff attitudes in practice before and after uh, the implementation of the practice guidelines and this family facilitator. Great. Thank you.
1: Can you speak to the pre and post results
2: yeah, so what we were interested in measuring was not that you know more people were present, or essentially forcing more people to be present. That wasn't what we wanted. What we really wanted was the clinical team who were involved uh, with these procedures to feel more comfortable asking families if they wanted to stay and help them be present, and uh, to help families feel better supported through the procedure. So that was the outcome measures. The outcomes were, you know, are we having parents be present, uh, feeling better, uh, you know, feeling supported and feeling comfortable with the opportunity to provide more options to families. And interesting results is that we found that it worked. It really did help. Clinicians feel better about their decisions. They felt uh, comfortable in giving options. Uh, Parents, we didn't change parents' attitudes at all. Parents continued to want the opportunity to be present. They felt they had a right to be present. And it really didn't change parents' perceptions. It really changed the clinicians' perspectives. And what we also found was that parents were present through more invasive procedures. Uh, Previously they would be asked to be excused or they would be excused from rooms that were having pretty invasive procedures. But even now uh, parents could be present, for example, uh, during, you know, uh, chest tube insertions, central line insertions and, you know, it's a given that they will stay if that's what they want to be able to do. So um, I think the implementation of the practice guidelines, the pair facilitator role, help clinicians feel comfortable in providing the option through, uh, you know, more invasive uh, procedures.
1: In the article, when you look at Table Three, was there any
2: profession that stood out more than the others for change? Well, we saw change across the board, uh, and there were significant differences pre post in almost every. Um, discipline. Uh, the only category where we did not see um, a significant difference it did it, you know, there was higher level of satisfaction or higher levels of comfort, uh, was in the respiratory therapy group. And I think it was because that group particularly was underpowered. Uh, so if we had more respiratory therapist participation or we had more th- mis- respiratory therapists in-house, we would have seen that. But all in all, um, we saw across the board uh, improvements in their level of comfort in, pr- in providing uh, the options. So, you know, that was an important finding.
1: In the article, you state that the parent facilitator role actually benefited the clinician more than the parent. Can you explain that?
2: Well, if you think about it, um, when you're at the bedside and you have things going on at the bedside and you also have things going around the bedside, um, you know, clinicians feel conflicted. You know, obviously you have to pay attention to what's happening with the patient, but also within pediatrics, we do care for families as well as part of what we care for. Uh, so having somebody uh, who's Primary focus is what's going on with the patient, but having someone, um, having those people be unburdened with having someone else like a facilitator there to help the families to be mindful of their level of state and their anxiety level and helping them um, get information that they need in a way that they can understand it and also dose themselves within the room is very helpful. And what I mean by that is that, you know, parents uh, may start off strong, uh, but um, over time it's hard to, to maintain that strength and experience some of what we have them experience. And so they need the ability to be mindful of themselves and have somebody help them understand what's going on, but also take a break mm-hmm. and have somebody with them as they walk outside of the room, gather themselves, uh, pull themselves together, get focused, come back into the room. And when you have somebody who's coming in in another room, as the clinician, it's nice not having to worry about that. Uh, and what parents know and what they don't know, and do they really understand what's going on. So having that facilitator is key to not only helping the families, but also helping the clinicians who are really intent on getting the procedures done well. Um, It was kind of interesting because what we also found in, um, in our results was that, you know, children's is a big training Um, has a big training program for physicians and nurses and uh, in the past it's like see one, do one and you're competent. Um, We now have, we we now use simulation to do a lot of this Uh, but still some things can't be simulated. Uh, And so what we also have found that um those people who are in training and really want the training um, and expect people to pay attention to them and give them the training they need, need to be focused at hand. And having the facilitator allows the people who are doing the training to focus on not only the patient but also the training and everything else that's going on. So it really just helps people find the role that they need to have to make things happen Uh, but we do know it's very stressful for people in training to have families there but that's kind of what we do in pediatric facilities is we care for people within a family context Mm -hmm. and so if you really want to learn how to do pediatrics you learn how to do things with families who are there uh, because they're part of what we do
1: I think this is a great time to ask our audience and our colleagues out there do you allow parents to be present during resuscitation and invasive procedures in your unit? And the second question is, if you allow parents to be present, do you use a facilitator to help them be present? When you answer the question, could you please state your city and country? Martha, if you were to repeat the clinician survey today, the perception survey, what do you think the results would be today after
2: having this implemented for so long? I don't know if we could do this study now because I really think that practice has changed dramatically you know in this facility. Um, It's a given that families will be present. When we started this it wasn't a given but now we've moved practice to an extent that families are there. Um, It's almost as if thinking that they wouldn't be would be an anomaly. Uh, So I don't think I could do this study Now, Uh, because I think we've changed practice. Um, I also think it's kind of interesting because the design was just a pre-post-test design with implementation and training in the middle. Uh, Recently, there was a paper that was published um, in the adult world in the emergency department, and they really did randomize uh, families to be present or to not. And dramatically, there was a reduction in family stress related to... Uh, family presence uh, in the emergency department in adults uh, for this. So it's always intriguing whether or not you could do like a randomized design, which I don't think you can do anymore because it's not the practice anymore. I think we've hit hit a ceiling because I really do think uh, we've changed practice. The only thing that um, I would really want to do as a follow-up to this is to follow up on families after uh, PICU discharge to see the extent to which they were comforted or harmed by being present. Um, We don't know a lot about PTSD uh, in parents after critical illness of their children. Uh, We do know that it takes years for families to come together after living through the PICU environment. We know nothing about kids at all, Uh, but we know little about parents. So it really would be a nice uh, second step study to really look at following families uh, who experienced uh, their kids' critical illness and all of what that entails uh, in the long run to see how it's affected them and their families.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for taking your time today to speak with us
2: and our colleagues
0: around the world.
2: Thank
0: Thank you. you for your time.